If you happen to visit the United States, and there are millions of visitors throughout the year, it is said that 60 million visitors visit New York City as a sightseeing place. So of all the different places to see, one of the most popular places is 30 Rockefeller Plaza, the Rockefeller Building. So many times people go to the viewing gallery and enjoy the sights of the city of New York or Manhattan. But very few people notice the sign at the very entrance. It's etched in marble. It's a quotation from the Bible. It says in the entrance that wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. This is what is etched in marble in the entrance of a very famous building. It didn't say science and technology shall be the stability of thy times. And also notice that it didn't say that medicine and healthcare shall be the stability of thy times. Nor did it say that politics and public policy will be the stability of thy times. What it said is that wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. What can give us stability? In any times, it says that wisdom can give it to us. Hinduism has a very beautiful word for, for knowledge and for, also for wisdom. It encompasses many different things. It's called Gnan. So Gnan is sort of a conglomeration of knowledge and wisdom, but not just knowing and just being wise for the sake of being wise, but also living and living those values, that wisdom, that encompasses Gnan. So why is Gnan so important in the first place? Why is it important to have it? Because first of all, we have to understand that our emotions and our own selves and psyche is extremely, extremely fragile. The smallest insult in a day can spoil our whole day. Even though we, we may be surrounded by comforts and conveniences, those things don't matter when we become insulted or agitated emotionally. We could be driving the best car, the most beautiful car, but if someone stops at a red light and someone next to you says to you that, you know, your car is really, really beautiful, but unfortunately your face doesn't match your car, Imagine what would happen despite sitting in a very comfortable and convenient car. It may look good, but those small words of insults can end up destroying our whole day. It makes us agitated. We lose our stability. We are very fragile. And it's not just us, even in children. Daniel Goleman, he's written a very nice book called Emotional Intelligence in which he cites an incident of a nine-year-old boy one day he went on a rampage in school. He started pouring paint over school desks and destroying computers. He vandalized cars in the parking lot for no reason at all, seemingly. But when he was caught and he was asked the question that why did you do these foolish things? The boy answered very simply that my third grade classmates called me a baby and I wanted to impress them to show them that I'm not a baby anymore. Imagine just few words of insults and how it can affect us. It's everywhere. Our emotions are very, very fragile, whether we happen to be an adult, a child, or whether we happen to be millionaires, billionaires, 
or even poor people. Everyone is affected by emotions. Kings are affected by emotions. You would think that a king would have everything he would need, but yet emotions are very, very fragile. The, the Hindu scriptures tell a very beautiful story in the Mahabharata. But what exactly is the Mahabharata but a giant war between brothers? But why did it come about? It came about because Duryodhan's feelings were hurt when he was told by Draupadiji, when he felt into an illusion that looked like water, Draupadi said to him that a blind man's son is bound to be blind. Dhritarashtra was blind, and so she called Duryodhan blind, although he wasn't blind. But what happened in Duryodhan's mind? Rage and fury, and it eventually turned into the entire Mahabharata war. So the scriptures tell us that our minds and our emotions are very, very fragile. It says in the scriptures, Kshane Rushta, Kshane Tushta, Rushta, Tushta, Kshane Kshane. What is our mind like? That in one moment we may be happy, but in the very next moment we may end up being very miserable. And it happens throughout the day. So in the first place, our mind is very fragile. And on the other hand, life is very unpredictable. How can we be stable with those conditions? Hinduism talks about three different forces that affect our day-to-day -day life. It talks about Adidevic forces, forces that are nature-induced, and they change our situation in life. We may be perfectly safe in our home, but an earthquake can always happen. Tornadoes, hurricanes, they affect our life and sometimes even pandemics. We didn't want the pandemic, and yet it happens to us. Life is unpredictable, Adidevic forces. Then it talks about Adibhautic forces. We may be in a perfectly good bunker with no hurricanes and earthquakes and tornadoes to affect us, but Adibhautic forces are people-induced situations. We may be perfectly safe, but someone destroys our life or disrupts our life. We may be a defensive driver driving very safe on a highway or a street, but someone behind you isn't like that and they hit you from behind, people in these situations. You may be practicing social distancing. That doesn't mean someone behind you won't cough. Adibhautic forces. And then the third type of force that affects us is called adhyatmic forces. The most difficult type of forces to prevent. Those are forces from our own minds. We sometimes create our own miseries. And many times, in fact most of the times, they're just perceived miseries. Sometimes we worry about the past. Sometimes we can't forget the past. Sometimes we worry about the future. And many times we're not satisfied with the present. Our mind creates miseries. So on the one hand, we have life or our emotions are very fragile. On the other hand, life is very unpredictable. So what can we do? What we need to do is to find stability, stability of mind. And how can we get there? First of all, we have to understand that when our mind is stable, we make better decisions. The Gita says it very nicely. Arjun asked Krishna Bhagwan, what are the qualities of someone which he calls sthita pragna? Sthita pragna sya samadhistasya keshava. So how does a man that is sthita pragna, a man with an absolute 
stability of mind how does he behave what does he talk like how does he think a very important question because arjun knew that a sthita pragna purush a man with stability makes better decisions if you don't understand this concept ask a colonel by the name of colonel uges in april of 2003 colonel uges of the american army he was leading a group of army soldiers going to meet a cleric in a hold in near the holy city of iraq in in iraq his goal was very simple he wanted to ask for help in distribution of some relief supplies in a nearby distribution center but as he passed through the streets of that holy city and with the army soldiers a mob that was standing in the city they thought that these people were there to arrest their spiritual leader or maybe to even destroy their mosque and so they became very angry and hostile several people started to yell words at the american soldiers but eventually it turned more volatile and people started actually throwing stones at these people and colonel uges had to think fast what would he do a decision had to be made what kind of decision he could tell soldiers to do what they were trained to do to fire back to get ready and shoot but that's not what he did he had a stable mind he told his soldiers three things he said take your knee bow down no soldier is ever trained to do that but he said it bow down take a knee he said point your rifles to the ground you can't do that when people are hostile in front of you at any moment someone could shoot and the third thing he said was just smile and in those three words and those three orders the soldiers obeyed and the mob's mood also changed they realized that these were not bad soldiers eventually the soldiers backed away smiling and they went to deliver the supplies and everything was safe you didn't hear this incident before but if you would have heard about this incident it would have been because many people would have been killed but colonel uges made the right decision a stable mind can make better decisions a stable mind can also perform better we know for sure that athletes perform better when they're stable and then when they're nervous they perform very poorly we know that a stable mind is much better for relationships we get better relationships and relationships are deeper and longer and stronger when our minds are stable and that's why hinduism talks about stability with with gnan but it talks about two different types of stability there is a short term stability which we can get with very simple things so hinduism teaches about pranayam and breathing and slow breathing can lead to calmness and it works but we won't be able to be conscious of our breathing all the time hinduism goes a step further and talks about exercise and yoga stretching and breathing exercises what that means is a better blood flow to the brain more oxygen to the cells but we can't be doing yoga exercises all the time it goes deeper and talks about meditation it calms the mind it calms the body but what happens when our eyes open after meditation we have to live most of our lives with our eyes open how can we have longer stability long term stability is what hinduism talks about and that is what we are here to say that gnan is the way to long term stability gandhi ji often said 
that whenever doubts and disappointments stare me in the face, and I see not a ray of hope on the sky, in the horizon, at that moment I turn to the Gita and I find a verse that comforts me and cures me of my disappointments and doubts. Where did he go for gnan, for wisdom, for stability? He went to, gna, to, to the Gita, to words. And so Hinduism talks about many different types of wisdom and gnan. One form that is very important is called Sankhya Vichar. The awareness and the thought that everything around me is temporary, it's not mine. Just that thought and that awareness can give us long-term stability. Genghis Khan was a great ruler of Mongolia. We all know of him. He had the largest continuous empire in history, four times more than Alexander ever conquered. But what did he want? He wanted to be the sole ruler of the earth. He said that as there is one sole sun in the sky, there should be only one ruler on this earth and that should be me. But he didn't realize that it's all temporary. The greatest empire can't be taken with you when you die. And so on the last days of his life, he went to his doctors, he happened to be ill, and he said, find me some kind of medicine to make me immortal. But the doctor said, that's impossible. We have ways to protect life, but we cannot prolong your life to be immortal. And ultimately, he died disappointed because he didn't realize, Sankhya Vichar, that everything is temporary. We can't take it with us. On the other hand, there are kings that have done this. Sankhya Vichar, Hindu religion talks about a great king by the name of Janak. He ruled the kingdom very nicely, the kingdom of Mithila. But he also had the knowledge that this is not really mine. He ruled it perfectly, but with the thought of Sankhya Vichar. One day, he happened to be seated in a, a spiritual discourse. His guru, Ashtavakra, was delivering the discourse. Ashtavakra decided to test the people on the assembly. He made the entire city of Mithila seem as if it's burning, an illusion. And everyone started running around to say what they could. They tried, but of course it was an illusion. Even the sannyasis left to say what they could. The only person sitting at the end was King Janak. Ashtavakra asked Janak that, listen, you have the most to lose. The entire Mithila is burning. You have the most to lose. Why aren't you running? At that time, Janak said very famously, Mithilayam Pradiptayam, Name Dahiyati Kinchana, that in this city of Mithila, nothing of mine is burning. It's not mine. He was just ruling it. It's not really mine. Sankhya Vichar can make us stable, but there is one step further to Sankhya Vichar that we must realize, that that is that even my body is not permanent. Even death is imminent. Hinduism does not view death as negative. It tells us that death can also teach us a lot about life. Gita, in, in the Gita, Krishna Bhagwan tells Arjun this very same thought of Sankhya Vichar, that listen Arjun, that understand that you'll have to die. Jatasya hi dhruvo mrutyu. Janma mrutasya cha. For those who are born, death is imminent. It's important to realize that death can also teach us about life. In 2009, in January, a U.S. Airways flight, flight 1549, took off from LaGuardia. And a man was seated in first class by the name of Rick Elias in 1D. 
Little did, did he know that in a few minutes after they take, took off, the engine or the, the airplane hit a flock of birds and both engines were knocked out. They were destroyed. And we know the famous incident is there that the pilot was very intelligent and, and alert and he was able to very nicely land the entire plane without two engines in the Hudson River. Everyone survived. But what Rick Elias, you haven't heard about his story. Rick Elias talks about in a talk later after he survived that that particular incident changed me forever because I was seated in first class and I saw the Hudson River approaching and I said, my death is about to come. I saw death. But from that moment of death, I've learned a lot about life. He said, I've learned three lessons. He said, I saw death. And so from today, I'll, I'm vowing that I'll not waste a single minute of my time because time is precious. Secondly, he said, I learned from that near-death moment that I'll not waste my energy on negative energy. So much of my life goes in ego and in jealousy and anger and it's not necessary. And so he learned about that. And the third thing he mentioned is that I learned that I need to take out time for my family as well because that's important. Death taught him about life and that's why Hinduism teaches us these concepts that we can learn Sankhya Vichar and understand that we are not permanent, neither is our body. But Hinduism goes even deeper than that. It talks about Atma Vichar. Hinduism says that we are not really physical beings having spiritual experiences. In reality, we are spiritual beings having physical experiences by mistake. And so Hinduism teaches us that we are really the Atma, not the body, because the body may die. The Atma continues to live on. In many of the scriptures of Hinduism, there are many stories that talk about how the Atma can affect people's life. Just the awareness. One of the kings that is mentioned in the stories in the Bhagwat is a story of King Parikshit. Parikshit happened to be a great king, but one day, just to jest and mock a sage, he did something funny or something, a prank to a sage. The sage's son did not like his father being insulted and so he cursed King Parikshit saying that, you know, you insulted my father. You will be bit by a snake in seven days. And so Parikshit realized that because the curse was imminent, that his death was also imminent in seven days. What would you do if you only had seven days to live and you knew it? So Parikshit realized that my kingdom is not going to help me in life anymore. So he left his kingdom. He went to the forests and he found a sage by the name of Shukdev and he said to Shukdevji that teach me all I can learn in seven days because my death is imminent. Let me know what I have to learn about life so I can be stable even in this moment. And what did Shukdevji teach him? Shukdevji taught him that Tamtu Rajan Marishyasi Imam Pashubuddhi Tyaja. Shukdevji told King Parikshit that understand that you won't die, the Atma is immortal, it doesn't die. And so in that moment, Parikshit found solace with Atma Vichar. But Hinduism goes one step further, it talks about Paramatma Vichar. You can swim across a river, but to swim across an entire ocean is impossible. And so the Gita also talks about this type of wisdom, or Gnan, Paramatma Vichar. 
After Krishna Bhagwan explained to Arjun everything that he could about Atma and Sankhya and all those thoughts and, and mindsets to Arjun, ultimately Krishna Bhagwan says to Arjun, Sarva Dharman Parityajya Mamekam Sharanam Vraja. That after all I've said to you and after all the thoughts that you have in your mind, forget everything and do only one thing, take my Sharan, my, my feet, and bow down to Bhagwan. Understand Bhagwan, have faith in Bhagwan. Ultimately, Paramatma Vichar, the thought of Bhagwan, being the all doer is the ultimate form of stability that can give us stability in any moment of life. We have to understand that many times these kind of thoughts can give us two different things. It gives us stability in failure, but it also gives us humility in success. The Gita mentions very nicely that Although we may have failure, if we have the thoughts of Bhagwan, faith in Bhagwan, then we can remain stable in all conditions. The Gita mentioned, Dukeshu Anudvignamana, Sukeshu Vigatas Pruaha. That even in the moments of Dukh, in misery, we can remain stable. And even in the moments of Sukh, we can also remain stable if we have the thought of God in our minds. Many of the Hindu sages and sadhus throughout history have shown us that the thought of Bhagwan is the ultimate source of, of stability. In the most difficult situations, even in failure, Bhagwan helps us. The belief in Bhagwan helps us. In 1980s, Pramukh Swami Maharaj wanted to build a, a mandir in London, but the land that we got, it didn't receive permission for the mandir. And the entire project was a failure because we did not receive permission to build on that land. Pramukh Sami Maharaj would have been dejected, any other person would have been dejected. But Pramukh Sami Maharaj knew that Bhagwan does, what he does is for the best. He put everything in the hands of God and he remained stable and he was able to overcome failure. But more than just failure, Bhagwan, faith in Bhagwan, that thought and mindset, also teaches us to have humility in success. Pramukh Swami Maharaj, not only did he have failures in his life, he had many, many successes in life. But despite all of those successes, Pramukh Swami Maharaj was able to remain humble and not let those successes get to him. And ultimately, he became more stable because of it. Pramukh Swami Maharaj had lots of successes in building mandirs. Indeed, the great mandir in Akshardhams in Gandhinagar and Delhi, they're world-renowned. But you ask Pramukh Swami Maharaj, and he'll always say that this is not my creation, it's the creation of Bhagwan. It's the creation because of my Guru and their vision that made it happen. Humility always kept his feet on the ground. And that humility came from the belief in Bhagwan. No matter what happened, Pramukh Swami Maharaj was grounded on humility and on Bhagwan. And that's what made him stable. So we've learned three different types of wisdom and gnan that Hinduism has to offer to us. Sankhya Vichar, Atma Vichar, and Paramatma Vichar. But at the end, we have to understand one very important thing. That all of this kind of gnan and wisdom cannot come without faith. Ultimately, we have to rely on someone else's experiences. So we have to have faith in the scriptures. We may not be able to imbibe this gnan immediately, but faith in the scriptures. What they teach us is right, and what they teach us is important. Even more importantly, faith in the Guru. 
what the guru teaches us is also right it's also important it's even more important and pramukh sai maharaj he taught this concept in his life that wisdom is the way to stability if we want to get knowledge if we want to get wisdom and ultimately if we want to get stability the best way is to find a guru and then to follow his guidance because he has seen the light he has walked the path and that way we can also get stability if we do that then knowledge also follows if we do that wisdom follows and if we do that the stability that we seek in day to day day life is bound to follow shri swami narayan bhagwan ni jai